So what to do next after deliverance? What's up, family? God bless you. Thanks for tapping into the pod, whether you guys are on video here on the tube or you're watching this on one of the streams that that's out there. Also rocking the Praise God merch. Praise the Lord. I want to talk about what to do after deliverance. I'll give you guys these quick keys, but real quick, I just want to share this. Not everybody needs deliverance all the time. Okay? That might ruffle some some theology or some thought processes or doctrines or beliefs that you have. But we don't always need just deliverance. We're not always here just to cast out a demon out of somebody. It's like the same person that comes every week. And what's going on? They just need deliverance. They need deliverance. And it's funny because they tell you they need deliverance. But really, they just need discipleship. Right? Like, I get it. You have issues. I get it. You're not perfect. You just got delivered from an evil wicked spirit, a perverse spirit, a spirit of lust, a spirit of murder, a spirit of uh, suicide, a spirit of depression. You don't always need things casted out every Sunday for the whole year. A lot of it is being able to know how to maintain our deliverance, but also what we need to do after deliverance. I'm going to give y'all, and we'll go into this pod in these next few weeks. If you guys have been part of this or you've been watching since the beginning, praise the Lord. We talk a lot all around the full gospel and everything that the Bible is sharing about really walking right with God, how to have a renewed mind, how to be able to be somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit and surrender to God, walking in obedience and the importance of that. I did a pod talking about why deliverance is even biblical. Okay, so we did a lot of that. But today it's like what to do after you've been delivered. Because I think there's a lot of people that they get delivered, they get into God's presence to get delivered but they don't stay in God's presence long enough to stay delivered. And what does that even mean? Like, why why am I even sharing this? There is a process for deliverance, but to be able to know what to do is allowing you to keep that deliverance, to walk in deliverance, and to really do it the Lord's way. And to make sure you're being used as a vessel, because the enemy is out here like a roaring lion waiting to devour its prey. So if I know the strategy and the blueprint on how to actually walk in my deliverance and what to do as soon as I get delivered, because can I tell y'all, healing is messy. Healing is not always Instagrammable. Healing isn't always something that I want to post online or let people know in the public. If you look at just any wounds and you look at like the scabs and the healing process, you'll see it like scab is like gushing out and you want to cover it with a bandaid, put some alcohol, make sure it's clean. But when you lift it off and you look at that wound, it looks disgusting. (laughs) Like, let's be real. We don't always want to look at it. That's what healing is. And a lot of people need healing, right? Deliverance is a process. And all that it is, I share this a lot, is it's being rescued from evil. It's being rescued from evil. Okay. Jesus has rescued us from this present evil age. And it's because of Jesus. So we give all the power, all the glory to him. But the question is, who are you surrendered to? Who are you submitted to? Who has the power when it comes to the thoughts that you are feeding and you are believing moment by moment, day by day? This is why it's important to maintain deliverance. We'll talk about that in the next episode. Today, we're talking about what to do after deliverance. Again, I'm going to give you guys, wrote it down here. We have 11 keys of what's next after you've been delivered. Because every time you get to the altar, it's not always getting a demon casted out. It's not always showing the lust that you were dealt with that, hey, you're still getting tempted, 
but it's up to you to resist, rebuke, and renounce those temptations to be able to fight back against the enemy. So what do I need to do in order to keep my deliverance? And how do I make sure that I'm really going strong as I'm launching into the ministry that God has me, into the vessel, into the person that God has created me for, shaped me for, made me for, because he's created you on purpose, for purpose, okay? In purpose, in his will. We talk a lot about obedience on this channel. We talk a lot about walking in God's will, that his will, his thoughts are higher than our ways and our thoughts. And I want us to make sure that we are people that have biblical intelligence, that actually walk in wisdom, and to not allow all these things out there, different doctrines, religions, different ways that people interpret the Bible. If you follow these steps, I promise you, you're going to hear God clear. It's not going to be easy. I'll give you guys a disclaimer. It will not be easy. It, in fact, it's not easy following Jesus. It takes work. It takes sacrifice. It's labor. It's surrender. Now, I'm not talking a works-based salvation saying you need to do this in order to go to heaven. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith in Jesus. Have a genuine love for the person that is your personal Lord and Savior. And you're going to be inspired to want to do good. You're going to be inspired to want to do greater things in this world because the he who is within me, that is greater than he who is within this world. You're going to want to do it because of your love, your reverence, your fear of the Lord. That's what the fear of the Lord means. Just your reverence, your honor, your respect towards God. The book of Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So you're being delivered from evil that the enemy has tried to entrap you through its bondages, thought processes, strongholds, try to really confuse you and, and stir things up inside of you to get you to do things that are not of the Lord, to influence you, to be conformed to the world, right? But here at Simply Uncaged, we're renewed in the mind. To be simply uncaged is to be renewed in the mind, that we may be able to prove what is that good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. So as we are being simply uncaged and we just got deliverance, maybe you went to a local ministry or church that does deliverance or you had a minister do deliverance on you, help you to be able to pray and make sure that whatever the enemy tried to lay a hold on you, it has been broken off. Those chains, those yokes of bondages. And now it's like, well, what do I do after deliverance? I'm gonna give you guys a practical step. It will be in the show notes below. So let's talk about these steps on what to do when you're, uh, when you just got delivered and what's next for you. I think that's always the question that people ask. And that's why we decided to create this video. That's why it's here on the pod. It's a little bit longer. And I want to be able to share with you what's next after you've been delivered step-by-step. Step, what is that strategy? Number one is you must yield to the Lordship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in all areas of your life. You must yield to the Lordship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in all areas of your life. This is where I have to seek the scriptures and know what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? And you guys ever got those bra those bracelets, the what would Jesus do bracelets? I'll link I'll link that. We, we sell that at our shop. But what would Jesus do? Those bracelets, right? And and that's what it is. That's what yielding, when, when you yield. You're surrendering. You're, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to go before you. So it says to yield to the Lordship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in all areas of your life. I got to yield. And in order for me to know how to yield to God, I need to know his word. I need to know the sayings of Jesus, right? 
if if they if they if they ask for forgiveness, then forgive them, <laughs> right? And if they truly repent, this is the words of Jesus, and it tells us. And Jesus shares this this parable of the person, the foolish versus the wise. The foolish hears these sayings that Jesus says and doesn't do anything with them. That's a foolish person building their house on the sand. But the person that builds their house on a strong foundation on a rock, they hear these sayings of Jesus. And what happens? They go back and they do them. So a wise person is not just a listener, but a doer of what they've heard. This is what Jesus says. That's somebody that is wise. So number one is you must yield to the Lordship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in all areas of your life. Number two, stay humble. Okay, not just be humble and not just say I'm humble, but you got to stay humble. There is something important about being able to stay humble before the Lord Jesus and before God and just all around. Those that try to exalt themselves, God will humble. But those that humble themselves, God will exult. There's something powerful about humility because God was the greatest form of somebody that actually showed us that character of humility. It tells us in Philippians 2, right, that who humbled himself in the form of man, even to the death of the point of the cross. What Jesus did on the cross was the largest and the biggest form of humility that God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son, which is Jesus Christ, Whoever shall believe in him, right? They're not going to perish, but they'll have eternal life. He he sacrificed himself on that cross, shed the blood at the cross of Calvary. It's deeper than it all, but those forms of humility is what's going to allow us to keep our deliverance. Remember, pride is actually one of the secret sins that tries to destroy our life. We did a video on that, how pride is one of those secret sins that destroys our life. But how do I overcome pride? Humility, staying humble. And humility, I once heard this, it, humility is not thinking of yourself like less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Okay. So it's not saying that I'm less than anybody by being humble. It's thinking more of others than you. It's thinking more of God than you, knowing that God shall supply all my needs, that God's got me. If I can surrender to his ways and I obey and, and really walk in his wisdom, I promise you, God will provide what he needs to provide. The seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. I got I to gotta seek him. I got to have a seek life. And a lot of that comes through humility. When you pray, it is a form of humility. Why? Because you're asking somebody, which is our creator, something for something that is obviously uh, he's greater. Than, he's definitely, he's the master, right? But you're asking somebody, you're, you're coming before God for wisdom, for clarity, for questions, answers. It's it's our way of humbling ourselves to say, you know what? My God is the one that's going to help me in this struggle, help me in this challenge, help me when I'm making decision. It is another form of uh, being humble is prayer. Amen? Number three is you got to put God first. Put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and everything else shall be added unto you. It's hard to put God first in a society that wants to glorify self. In Galatians chapter five, it talks about the, the flesh and the spirit. We're in the flesh and we've all received the Holy Spirit. And it tells us in Galatians five that the, the spirit and the flesh are constantly warring against each other. They're contrary to one another. So if I have the spirit and the flesh fighting against one, one another, moment by moment, they're warring against one another. I got to walk in the spirit so I don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh wants to glorify self. 
The spirit wants to glorify God. So I got to walk in the spirit. Okay. We've done a lot of videos on walking in the spirit, but knowing that I must put God first. Amen. Put God first. Hallelujah. It's number three. Number four, meditate on the word day and night. Look up scriptures that pertain to what you have been delivered from. Okay. It's important to have a word to be able to resist the devil. So for example, here's an example we wrote down. If you were delivered from the spirit of fear, look up all the scriptures on fear and memorize them, right? This is meditating on the word day and night. And when the enemy tries to bring any situation or thoughts of fear, you have to say the word. You have to proclaim the word. And what is that word? Here's an example in 1 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us, uh, given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. So whatever you're going through, you have to use the word to fight back. Okay. The word is our sword to play offense. The word, is, you know, Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but at every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. So you must meditate on God's word day and night after you've been delivered. Whatever you've been delivered from, look up scriptures and verses around that so you can guard yourself so that door has been shut, sealed, and you can fight back when temptation comes. Temptation will come. That is the enemy's assignment is to tempt us back into the very thing we just got rescued from. The very evil thing we got rescued from. The very evil thing that we got delivered from. <laughs> so number four is to meditate on God's word. Number five, you must know who you are in Christ. You must know who you are in Christ Jesus. If you know who you are in Christ, I promise y'all, this is going to make it so much easier so that when anybody's ever attacking, attacking your identity, you know who you are in Christ. You have to know who you are in Christ. And the way to know who you are in Christ is to know Christ. <laughs> it's to know Jesus. So I, I got to know who I am in Christ. And a lot of that, again, is studying the Lord, study, or studying the word of God, studying, studying Jesus, right? Studying who he is and the way that he walks. So you must know who you are in Christ Jesus. God made us in his image. I go back to uh, the book of Genesis. God has made us in his image. So if God has made us in his image, what do you think? So our identity is, is who God created us to be, but also we were made in the image of God. So what does that even mean, right? We are creators, just like the creator, right? Submitted to him. But it means that the enemy attacks the very thing that God created us for, which is our what? Identity, fam. It is our identity. So number four or number five is you must know who you are in Christ. Number six, you got to pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Whew. I mean, that's, that's simple. Apostle Paul says to pray without ceasing. You got to have an active prayer life. Okay. We've done a lot of studies on this channel on prayer, how to pray in the Holy Spirit. You must continue to pray. Let prayer be your first response, not your last resort. Okay. Pray and talk to God. That's number, uh, number six. Number seven, turn away from all occult and idolatry. Turn away from all occults and idolatry. All that idolatry is, is anything you put above God. So if it's something that you put above God, this is why you have to know the word 
because you have to know if this is Bible and this is what the word says. So you have to turn away from it. You have to fully decide and fully surrender to Jesus and turn away from everything that doesn't attach back to the Holy Spirit, that doesn't attach back to the Bible, that doesn't attach back to Lord Jesus. Amen. Number seven is to turn away from all occults and idolatry. Number eight, get rid of things in your house that can cause an open door. Any decorations, any artifacts, any clothes, any photos, or any items that does not honor Jesus. Now, it, this is interesting because I was just reading this in the book of Acts where they saw the miracles of God. It says that there was unusual miracles happening with Apostle Paul. And then, you know, the sons of Sceva and the demonic wicked spirit, he goes, hey, Paul, I know, because this person was trying to use the name of Jesus. He goes, Paul, I know, Jesus, I know, but who are you? And then it overcame, that wicked spirit overcame him and he leaped out of that house naked and definitely shamed. And everybody saw, a lot of people that saw that believed the fear of the Lord came upon them and they threw away everything, all their occults, all their idolatry, and they burned it. <laughs> this was in the book of Acts. Amen. So number eight, you've got to get rid of things in your house that can cause an open door. Any decorations, artifacts, clothes, photos, or any items that does not honor Jesus. Wow. Number nine, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to a church that is biblically based, spirit-filled, and led by the Holy Spirit. This is a huge fax right now because we want biblically based, Holy Spirit-filled communities, churches, congregations, relationships. There's something powerful about being in a place with a bunch of believers that are seeking Jesus, surrender to God, warriors, end time remnants for Christ. And this is where you have to ask the Holy Spirit. Okay. This is a whole nother teaching right here, but to be able to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to a biblically filled, Holy Spirit filled church is something that also might take patience. It doesn't happen overnight but it takes place and it happens over time. So you have to make sure that you are patient while you're praying this into fruition. And just, just trust that God will do it. In the book of Jeremiah, right? It, it says, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. So it's just a heart check. It's giving myself to the Lord and knowing that this is where the home is, um, where my home church is. The Holy Spirit will be the one that tells you this is your home church. This is where you belong. This is where God wants you for, for either a season or for a very long time. Amen. So number nine, you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you to a church that is biblically based, spirit-filled, and led by the Holy Spirit. Ten, you must attend Bible studies regularly. This is so important. You must attend Bible studies regularly. You must be able to make sure you're getting fed on a weekly basis. This isn't just something where... You're, you're only a Sunday service Christianity type of person, a checklist Christianity, only Sunday services. This is not it. If you want to be able to keep your deliverance and what to do is you got to get the word in you. You can't just be always Bible studying by yourself. You should study the Bible by yourself, but you should also be able to go to places that can teach you the word and gain a fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit from a different mouthpiece. I'm not telling you to idolize the teachers, the pastors, the preachers, the prophets, whoever's teaching. I'm telling you to honor them and listen to what the Holy Spirit has to share through them. Attend Bible studies uh, regularly, weekly. This is what grew me. I'm still in Bible studies actively week by week. I'm still learning. I'm still getting poured into. 
This is great to make sure that you don't just get delivered on the altar, but you come and you hear God's word. You get more wisdom. You get more revelation. So make sure y'all attend Bible study weekly. And this is where you got to really feed your spirit on a week to week basis. You don't just run with just one day a week worth of food. You need God's food daily. You need to feed your spirit daily. I highly encourage y'all to go into Bible studies in places where others can pour into you as the spirit is speaking through them and using them to minister onto your soul. Hallelujah. That is number 10. Number 11, continue to live a life of holiness, righteousness, and reverence to God. That's a lot. All I want to share is that holiness, okay, it, it, all it means is to be set apart. So I'm making decisions that are set apart from what the world would do when it comes to making decisions in the world. That's all it, it means. So you got to continue to live a life of being set apart, holiness, righteousness, and reverence to God, making sure that every thought is into captivity to the obedience of Christ, making sure that when I'm doing something, just know God's watching and he knows. But will the Holy Spirit convict me to know this is not what the Lord wants? Amen. You have to commit to that and continue to live in it. And it, it is hard because you're, especially after you got delivered, you're breaking habits. You're really going against the flesh and crucifying the flesh and really trying to walk in the spirit. So number 11 is to continue to live a life of holiness, righteousness, and reverence to God. Last one. Number 12, you must study the power and authority that you have as a disciple of Jesus Christ. You must study the power and the authority you have as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Again, God gets all the power. God gets all the glory. But you have to know who you are. You're a child of God. You're ambassador of Christ. Okay? You're called to be, we're called to be kings and priests. Kings, meaning we have the ability to have kingdoms. Well, all part of one big kingdom. But there's territories that God has given you uh, to, to steward, to help locally, all, all around, and take dominion in the spiritual realm, but priest to be able to discern spiritually, okay? You're chosen, sanctified, built, commissioned. You might've gotten crushed, but I'm telling y'all, God uses a lot of these things for his glory. Like, I thank God because without, uh, with, without an olive to be crushed, it wouldn't be able to press out oil. So there's reasons to why God allows these things to take place because it makes us stronger, wiser, better, and allows us to go in places of prayer. You might have been in a lot of pain, but that pain leads you to a lot more prayer. If that pain didn't take place, there probably wouldn't be prayer. I know it gets so much deeper than this, but I want you to really study. That's number 12 is to study the power and the authority that you have as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. We got through all 12 steps of what, what to do next for deliverance. If you guys want we also have a plant pathlet on knowing who you are in Christ. So go ahead. You guys can tap in. I'll link that below. Knowing who you are in Christ. There's so many resources that we have. You guys can visit our shop. Watch a lot of the podcasts, the YouTubes that we're dropping because this stuff, I promise you, will minister to your soul and make sure that you're really right with God. And as we talk about it uh, throughout this season on just deliverance, maintaining it, what to continue to do, and making sure that you live a healthy life in the spiritual realm uh, for Christ. Amen. I appreciate y'all. God bless you so much. We'll put all the stuff uh, for the for the info that you guys just that I just shared in the description, along with a lot of different resources that you guys can tap into. Join the email list. Be part of the community. We love y'all so much. 
Be blessed. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. In Jesus' name, bye-bye.